the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And... Welcome and thank you once again for tuning into this brand new episode of Sake on Air, the world's very first podcast dedicated to expanding the dialogue surrounding Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. My name is Justin Potts, one of your regular hosts here on the show. This wonderful show that is brought to you with the fantastic support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association. There are a lot of terms that get thrown around in the world of sake and shochu that if you have not spent a lot of time with the Japanese language sound like nonsense to uh, probably a lot of folks out there. And we thought it might be worth uh, taking some time to dig into a bit of this vocabulary. So what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is bringing in a handful of different guests, some regular hosts, some past guests, some new guests, to and asking them to select a word that they find to be particularly of interest or importance and kind of explain to us exactly what it is that makes that word important to the sake or shochu vernacular. Today, I am joined by the one and only Chris Hughes, one of your regular hosts here at Sake on Air. Mr. Chris Hughes, how are you doing this evening? I am very well, thank you very much, Justin. Uh, what is your sake vocab that you are bringing to the show this week? So I am bringing uh, kura. K-U-R-A, yes, kura. Kura, kura. Yeah. There are a lot of, there are a lot of, places and things out there that have you that use the word kura whether it be the name of their their business their restaurant their line of something there so it's a it's a super common word that gets thrown around not just on on sake bottles or tasting notes or things like that but it's it's kind of just permeating everything (laughs) but it doesn't necessarily get a lot of explanation i think that's a good one um, so, yeah. It, yeah. Why don't you tell it, it? Yeah. So I did a bit of research, and I've I've kind of you know I'll I'll kind of explain what my kind of um my kind of feeling about the the kura is, and you know the word itself, what it means to me. Um, sure. Why don't we start well, out just real quick? Let's yeah. Just explaining what it means, Straight right? Up, so, yeah. Dictionary definition. Yeah. What is what is kura? What is kura? Well, this is going to surprise maybe some of the listeners because it's not going to be what you think it is. The The actual dictionary definition for kura is quite simply storehouse. Yeah. Right? It is not, you're expecting me to say brewery, but that's not the dictionary definition for a kura. Um, storehouse is in just co- a place where stuff is stored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I look, I, I did research about the kura, the history of the kura, and it originates as a place for um, but going way back to like ancient times, just a place for people to store, you know, food and valuable things, maybe even heirlooms from relatives and things like that. And then in the feudal era, um, lords and generals of various clans actually use it to store valuable things like rice. And you can see a little connection coming in there yeah. already. Um Rice and other valuables, weapons, um, and you know the other translation in our world, in the sake world, for a kura is brewery, right? Is sake brewery? It's a, a sakagura is a 
is the Japanese word for a, a sake brewery. Um, and we we call them breweries because the the making of sake is kind of closer to beer than wine making. And that's a whole different discussion for another podcast. Go check out the early podcasts. But um, yeah, that's essentially why we call it a brewery in English. But yeah, it's really just a storehouse. And I found some interesting things. So the construction of a, of these storehouses is kind of, there's a kind of a common commonality among all these kura. They all kind of have a similar appearance and a similar architectural um, construction. Um, they're normally uh, made from stone, mud, or timber. Um, there is a construction called dozo, which is very, very common among the sake breweries, um, which is basically white earthen walls. Um, and this construction was used because it's both fireproof and it helped maintains um, like a perfect brewery temperature, a brewing temperature inside the in, inside the building. Sure, it, may, it makes sense being a being a storehouse, right? Having a stable right. have a stable temperature and being fireproof, right. Right? Or, or you know, resistant to to disaster in general. Exactly, and they they do survive quite surprisingly well through the times. Um, you know, there have been a few kind of you know um, unfortunate. Um, you know, um, we've lost some of our career um, through natural, you know, disasters and things like that. But they generally hold up quite well. Uh, but just to kind of um, not to repeat myself again, but um, they were basically status symbols um, originally. You know, very, very, very. There's even like a saying, a proverb I found, um, which is "kura o tateru." Kura o tateru um, literally means to achieve a status of wealth. And I think it comes from uh, feudal Japan. Sure. Um, anyway, rice is a commodity, but it's also a taxable, uh, it's a currency. Um, sure. and they would use it to pay taxes. So this kura would be full of rice. It would basically be the, the tax, um, what do you call it? The, the safe, basically. Yeah. And, and probably as well guarded as an actual safe in, in today's uh, you know, world. And so um, as some people who've listened to our other podcasts may know, Saki brewing kind of started off where these landowners had um, rice, uh, these lords had rice. And one way of kind of adding a bit of value was to actually turn the leftover rice into sake. And I think probably that's where the, probably where the Kura became the sake brewery, it kind of evolved into the sake brewery. And I guess the buildings, new buildings would have been set up around the storehouse to help brew the sake. Some other things I found out actually, um, is regarding the construction style. One, one thing that always catches my eye, and at first of all, I really enjoy going to sake breweries to visiting, you know, traditional Kura. I love the- Kura love is the in style. brewery. <laughs> yeah, as in, as in brewery. Although, although it's effectively a storehouse because sake breweries store their sake in there as well. Sure. I've seen all kinds of things being stored in, in these. Um, you know, I, I, I love the smell. And the ambience. So you feel like you're walking back in time, being transported back in time into, you know, old Japan. And another thing which I, I love, I, I think for me, it, it defines the, the Kura aesthetically, is the crisscross pattern that you see on the white walls outside. Yeah. And I found out this actually has a name. Um, it's called Namako Kabe. It literally means sea cucumber walls. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the reason it gets this name is because it reminds people of the sea creature. Um, and um, perhaps that means more to, to Japanese people listening than it does to. Still trying to work, work on that one myself. 
also, right, soy sauce makers or miso makers often also get referred to as kura, right? Miso, yeah. miso kura or shoyu kura, right? So it's 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 a term that is also attached not just to the sake brewery, the sake, the sake kura, but also to any of those in the in the in the brewing in the brewing world. That that's that's a that's a key piece of vocabulary that's attached to all of those. Yeah. And um, at some point, obviously, these kura were fashioned into sake breweries. Um, not always. I mean, you know, the, the, uh, a place that makes sake doesn't have to have a kura. Um, I, I assume that at some point they did, but they don't all do. Some of them are very modern looking facilities. Some of them are completely well, have lost their original building and have kind of had to rebuild their, their, you know, and it's more like a factory looking thing than, a, than, a, than this kura. But they are quite special, and I do really enjoy when I come across a, a brewery that still has an original Kura, um, yeah. especially the really small ones. You know, it's just a really small building, and they're so, not really yeah. brewing in it. Yeah, I said a lot of times, yeah, because they are small and kind of isolated, they're not all that ideal for brewing, really. So a lot of times when yeah. they do still have one or several on site, they tend to be used kind of still as storehouses maybe a lot absolutely they might they might age their sake in there they might store rice in there they might you know it's it's more it serves some purpose on the periphery of the actual brewing right, right. or a lot of places now they're turned them into like cafes or little like cool like you know they're they're they've got an atmosphere about them right so they're trying to because they're kind of a, a often a relatively small space that's sort of hard to do a lot of different things with there a lot of places are kind of getting creative as to sort of how do we use this kura this specific building that you know you're you're not really able to expand upon or you know do a lot of construction on or change and so how do we turn this into something that is you know that that leans into the just the sort of inherent appeal and sort of architecture and, and vibe of those buildings and so right and like you said they're not unique entirely to sake breweries you still see them if you go cruising out the countryside a lot of old homes will have a kuda still on site you know um and so it's like I said now it's it, it's everywhere right like it's if you go to restaurants and stuff if you go to restaurants there's like restaurants with the word kuda in it there's yes you know other different you know, sake or sake periphery related, you know, businesses and projects and all these things that just have the word kura in it. And it just doesn't, it doesn't get explained really all that often. It's almost like a given that it's like, oh, it's referring to the brewery or it's referring to, you know, something related to brewing or the, or something like that. But it's just, it doesn't always get explained. So yeah, I'm glad you, I'm actually really glad you chose this word because um, I think it's worth just yeah appreciating kind of kind of where it comes from and and what it's um, the the depth and breadth of things that it could be you know encompassing and that what it's referring to. So very cool, very cool. Good good sake vocab word, Chris. A plus. Thank you. I hope I like you enjoyed it. that little introduction to Kura. I'm sure there's a lot more you could you could talk about and delve into, and I'll continue my research behind the scenes. But yeah, sure, it's, uh, sure. We can we can we can go we can we can deep dive another day. But for today, we'll yeah. we'll call it good on on Kuda. So to all of our listeners, Kuda, that's your that's your word of the day. Uh, when you when you find it out there in the wild, um, you'll you'll know uh, exactly what it is. We're what you're talking about, and yeah, add that to your add that to your sake vocabulary. 
Excellent. Chris, thank you so much for staying up tonight and, and sharing that with us. Thank you. I appreciate thank you very it. much. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. And that does it for this episode of Sake on Air. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at questionssakeonair.com or follow us at, at Sake on Air on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Sake on Air is brought to you with the fantastic support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and is a production by Potsuke Productions with audio work by Mr. Frank Walter. That'll do it, and we'll be back in another couple of weeks for more with more Sake on Air. Until then, kanpai!